Hi, everyone. This is the Harvest Concept Podcast, where we talk about martial arts and its connection to mind, body, and spirit wellness. I'm Sarah Spitzer. And I'm Justin Martin. Good morning. Good morning. Um, well, I think this is kind of a, a fun podcast, as I've been thinking about it this week. The, um, I think this is a, a big uh, moment for our podcast in the sense that we've, we've talked about Hamido, we've talked about Harvest, we've talked about why we do what we do. And, you know, if we're thinking about it uh, and what we're doing, we're making this uh, like commercial, this advertisement for what we do and trying to bring people in. And I know that we've talked about Dr. Kim, his history, had little notes of the story, philosophy and such throughout. But this is um, kind of a look at a brief look at his, you know, biography or autobiography um, as he talks to, to Chief Master David Higgs uh, through this article. Article. Sorry, I'm backing up. This article we're talking about. Hun Lun uh, magazine, and this is a, it's from the Northeast, maybe New Jersey or something, I believe, um, but it's the Journal of the United States Taekwondo Association. And I'll kind of give a little bit of background. You know, Dr. Kim has been closely tied to Taekwondo and the organization of Taekwondo for a long time. And so it's really cool that it gets picked up by these Taekwondo magazines to come in and talk about his life, but also Hamudo. Um, and so, you know, the, the fact that they give him space in a Taekwondo publication is really, really cool. Um, I'll also say that when you, we're going to talk mostly about his history and his biography today, but in the back, when we come back to this, he talks about Taekwondo's link and Hamudo philosophy and how these things kind of tie together. It's, it's just a really cool uh, eye-opening thing for a martial artist to be able to be so fluid in having his own creation, but also working with these other people's creations and being accepted into these other um, associations. And I think it's just a, a really uh, big note on on Dr. Kim and who he is. Sorry, I'm taking a sip of coffee. <laughs> um, <laughs> uh, so, you know, this this article is an interview and this interview is by uh dr or not dr excuse me by chief master higgs interviewing dr kim and you know uh, he starts off by talking about how he's known him for 50 years this is another note of dr kim he's met so many people and he knows so many people and he's brought so many people uh through these different things um they continue to promote not only Hamudo, but martial arts throughout the world. And, uh, you know, again, this is just something that's slightly unheard of uh, for people to promote other businesses and people. Um, but I think that Dr. Kim talks about uh, being open-minded and making this better world and understands that these principles are throughout. Um, so uh, jumping right in, you know, with this article, it's coming kind of on a precursor of Dr. Kim's Korea trip here in 2023. And he really uh, pushed this back. He was planning on going a few years ago and doing uh, some more intensive uh, sun or Zen training uh, in Korea and breath work and meditation is, is what he's really been learning about in this upper uh, ages of his Hamudo study and his personal martial arts study. Um, but 
having this pushed back because of Donald's um, sickness, this allowed him to write his biography or autobiography um, during this time. And, you know, this is something that's going to be really important uh, to Hamudo students, Hamudo instructors, and, you know, even the rest of the world and give so much validity to why we do what we do. Um, you know, as far as martial arts goes, Hamudo has a deep link to the philosophies and the culture of Korea. And when you see this and you pull it all together, you can understand and see where these things come from. Um, in the beginning of this article, he starts talking about how important it is for Koreans to set themselves up for success. And uh, he talks about these three things that are important in Korean culture. And we start seeing this number three right here in the beginning of this. And this is, again, just another note from Korea. And this goes all the way back to the founding of Korea, the splitting up of Korea into three different kingdoms, and then this unification back together. And so this philosophy now entwines into his life, and he, he really drives to it. So he talks about uh, education being this bigger part, and that's been something that's driven him his entire life, all the way to become a doctor. Um, and he talks about uh, being married. He talks about having uh, this wonderful wife, and they work so well together. He talks about her support for Hamudo, their lives, their kids, and continuing to work through uh, business. And he talks about martial arts and how important martial arts are to himself and then also to be sharing that information with others. Um, so again, as we continue to move through this article, understanding these three, these concepts are important to understand how Hamudo is assembled. Um, when he moves on, he's talking about his early life and how he got to Hamudo as he's talking things to note are like the craziness of being a kid during world war two and having us planes bomb their towns and around them. Right. And what a crazy introduction it would be to understand that the Americans, the place that you, you know, love and have had your, your later life are, was such a, a detriment to where you were society wise at that point in time. I know that uh, it changed as as the Korean War happened and the Americans came in and helped. But, you know, that initial encounter of Americans has to be uh, such a scary slash infuriating thing, you know, to know that we were bombing them. You know, it's crazy to think about. You've been so silent this morning. I feel like I I'm just like monologuing over here. <laughs> So, I mean, I have read the article, but obviously, mm -hmm. like, I feel like this is, I mean, when I read the article, I, I've, you know, have read parts and I've listened to you talk about his history and his past. Mm -hmm. um, but I feel like it's like, I would not want to interrupt someone. I feel like you're very scholarly of your understanding of like, this is just one more piece. Like you're explaining this particular article, but re you're really just talking about Dr. Kim and his history. And I just contextualize, I, I, I'm not able to provide the same type of... Um, 
Okay, I'll keep I'll keep monologuing. But okay, again, you keep going. I I I completely in agreement. I just I don't know. Like I I feel like it's hard. You know, obviously, like with Dr. Kim, I mean the the separation between me and him is not only one of like not. I mean, I I have I train underneath you, and I you have you know we're all on the same lineage, mm-hmm. but obviously I don't have as much like one-on-one experience with him. Right. And then also I have a cultural difference between us and a generational difference between us, you know? So like for me personally, like when I think about his time period and like, you know, he's older, I mean, he's younger than my um, grandparents, Mm -hmm. obviously um, who are passed away, but um, he's, you know, like, so he's closer to me than they were, but still, you know, it's like, um, and I feel like culturally the Korean culture and that, mm. that experience is so uh, different than, you know, even like if you were in America during this time, if that, sure. if you, you know what I'm like, this idea of like, like I've never lived in a war torn country. I've never lived in whatever. I obviously, I live in a country that um, does not follow the same sort of rules and things like that. So right. I'm just, I'm, so I'm listening. You're not monologizing. <laughs> I'm listening to, oh I feel like it's like storytelling moment this morning. Sure. Okay. That's fine. I'll keep talking. <laughs> keep talking. So, uh, you know, uh, again, the, so what we're seeing is these pieces of his early life that kind of set him up and he, he is this stoic uh, person and when you look at pictures of his past where he was maybe a little bit more um, uh, fashionable and sure hanging in the front of the school, that's like uh, them all sitting at a table, probably in a restaurant or something uh, wearing like definitely seventies collared shirts and such. Mm -hmm. Uh, But then you look at him now and he's, he's always wearing temple clothes and he's uh, very monochromatic and uh, styled down. Right. And I know part of that's being, older but also part of that is um just where he's at in his life and what he's kind of what he's come to um so going back to the beginning he's he's moved on and he's he's talking about american planes bombing uh his around him in his houses and then but at the same time he's talking about the north koreans coming in and occupying the japanese occupying and how he had to not only the education was a part of his life, but he was going to be educated in multiple different ways and different cultures. Um, and what those different cultures did for his, his teaching, um, you know, the, the North Koreans were very, uh, propaganda based and they wanted to teach you guys or teach you, uh, their methodology. So they unified. Right. And so the, use that propaganda just as most communist countries have to show hey we're going to work together we're going to create this nationalism and that shows you know even in our uniforms of Hamido or the fact that he's traveling all the way back to Korea to print his autobiography the fact that he's printing his autobiography in English and in Korean simultaneously uh, together in one book those things are these nationalistic qualities that come from North Korea. Uh, then when the Japanese occupied, they were so strict and they took away Korean culture. They wanted to strip the Koreans of who they were. And 
the Japanese were imperialistic. They wanted everybody to be like them, right? And so they looked down upon the Koreans as being not them, but they wanted to uh, on to the Koreans. And so he says that he developed this discipline from being in that strict, rigid culture, this throwback side to side. Um, it's, it's very interesting, and you see that in him. You know, I think that also people that have dealt with that harder living, uh, Dr. Kim definitely enjoys uh, having fun. You know, he enjoys the joking around as he also enjoys the strictness of it. And so, again, you see these elements come out in his personality and the way he teaches and the way he leads groups. And so uh, it's cool to really understand where that comes from is, I guess, the thing. Um, you know, he, he continues to talk about his education and how he was able to get into these different schools and he's proud of the fact that he was able to do these things and that he pushed himself to achieve this stuff. And he, he started with judo, which is again, very interesting because he, judo stays with him all the way through life. This is something that he originally had and he just continues to grow on it. Um, he also talks about this development of key and, traveling to the mountain to train in this and that was part of his life also he's already had this hard art training in the judo going to the gym every day getting thrown around he talks about being we hear stories about him uh his instructors opening up the the windows in the winter so the snow drifts come in and freeze their feet he talks about him opening up all the windows in the summertime when it's super hot and muggy and just being terrible uh, heat-wise. And I can actually jump in here and, and start because uh, okay. I have something, whatever, that's not. Uh, so one of the things that I noticed when reading this article that I feel like all of my Netflix watching of um, rom-coms, uh, Korean rom-coms has like kind of helped me with understanding mm -hmm. is this real focus, hyper-focus even today on education mm -hmm. um, and the importance of education within the Korean culture and where people go to school and all of those things are very ingrained in their at least according to all the shows I have watched in their society. Um, and when they interact with each other, you know, where you went to school, how far you went in school, all of those things are almost the first things that people talk to you about, um, even before like asking you about your job and things like that. So when I see him right. including that information, you know, it's just, I can only imagine how much more hyper focused it was when he was kind of coming of age. Mm -hmm. And when you think about the required military participation for Korean males that is still there today, this idea that in those schools, they are going to be participating in things like judo, like that was part of their, you know, curriculum, you know, mm -hmm. Whereas when I was growing up, I mean, I think girls were allowed to just walk around the track. <laughs> right. Guys were like, I don't know, doing some sort of like maybe playing soccer or something like that. Maybe, you know, like what, I mean, we were not being, you know, hardened physically um, in order to, 
you know, be part of the, the military, you know, that, that, you know, that's not, you know, we don't have that. It behooves them to train people in, you know, throughout their younger years. Absolutely. Yeah. It behooves them to train people and make them and, uh, and give them that, that military service too. And I think that's part of that nationalism that comes, you -hmm. know, I mean, how split we are on, um, on all things in America, if, if we're forced to unify at one point in time, right. Uh, you know, right now this split would, uh, you can just see it now, like how angry somebody would be if they said that <laughs> Like everybody, we have to work together. They'd be like, uh, uh-uh. you know, it doesn't matter who, which, which major party is in power time there's going to be half the population that says no that's not okay <laughs> right and you know and so that's just it's a very interesting uh, part of that whole thing um you know uh, i think that one point that we've already brought up in the, on this podcast before is this this line longer uh story and you know as he as he progressed you know again part of his uh drive to be a martial artist was not just that he was forced to it but also that his father had gotten into this situation uh in a gambling uh game and had lost money to this other family so this other family roughed him up and ends up in the hospital and again he brings up this point of uh money and finance is another thing of setting yourself up for success and not just setting yourself up for success but setting your family up for success is this big korean philosophy and so you know, this uh, this moment where he goes and decides or not decides, but is also told that he has to get revenge on this other family. And so he this is like straight martial arts movie right here. This mm-hmm. is, hey, I, I'm supposed to get revenge. I'm going to go and I'm going to train. And this is the video montage of the training. Right. Uh, nice uh, epic theme song. And then, you know, then all of a sudden he gets to this moment where he's this great martial artist, his his judo teacher recognizes this. He was the captain of his judo team and his judo teacher says, Hey, look, this is not about revenge. This is not what this is about. This is about you making a better life for yourself. And you know, that is this pivotal moment for him that could have ended him back up in jail if he'd gone and beat up these other guys. Right. Right. Uh, But instead he recognizes and says, okay, you're right. I need to turn this around and move forward in life. So he makes his line longer and, you know, not only has he made his line longer, now he has the ability to make other people or help other people make their lines longer, I think is the best way to say it. Um, you know, again, this, these are these underlying principles of Hamudo that, you know, they get glazed over so much. And when we talk about making Hamudo's line longer at this point in time, again, this history, this... Uh, the reasons why these things happen uh, and then being able to, to lay this out into why we do Hamudo and why we practice these certain things and why it's laid out this way. This it's really interesting to see all this put together, I think. Um, so he, he moves on from Korea and well, actually back up. He originally came to the United States for uh, to be a politician. Uh, he was sponsored by a, local politician, this politician wanted to help him go to, to America to learn and to spread Korean martial arts. Uh, there was a period where Korea went from being the hermit kingdom to, hey, we want to 
start sharing our culture with the world because we, you know, we are proud of it, right? And so they're sharing Taekwondo is a big thing. Uh, judo is getting spread by the Japanese and karate. And then you have the Koreans uh, spreading Taekwondo, General Choi and his, they called him disciples, but his instructors. And so uh, Dr. Kim takes it upon himself to, to move to America. One thing he doesn't talk about in this article, and this goes back to the education thing, is I can't remember the, the name of the test. There's a test that at the time Koreans had to take to be able to leave and go study abroad. And so uh, Dr. Kim, I believe the story goes that he didn't pass the first time and he had to wait a whole other year to take the test again. Um, and so, again, this learning of not just being defeated and walking away from it. Hey, I'm not smart enough. Hey, I'm going to jump back in and try this again. Be better next time. And so he passes the test. He doesn't get on a plane and fly over to America. He leaves his families. He leaves his wife. And he, he gets on a boat and rides on this boat to America. Um, you know, this is... Uh, again, I think just such a, a crazy thought process because I couldn't imagine being on a boat for weeks just floating no. across the ocean, right? Um, you know, it had, that had to be a very rough experience at that point in time. Um, and I don't know, and maybe this is, again, some of this biography, autobiography stuff will come out and, and be able to describe these moments more so we really understand, again, like what came from that uh, moment. But I, I think that it was he probably had some good times with the brethren that were on that ship, but they probably also went through some, some serious hardship, uh, I would imagine, crossing over the Pacific Ocean. And so coming to America, again, his focus was on education. He was sponsored to be here so that he could learn and spread the word and then come back to Korea and become a politician and further his people more. But instead, he gets to America. He starts learning. He realizes how great uh, he or how great the culture is at the time. He's enjoying this this culture, these people that he's surrounded himself with, and he's enjoying spreading martial arts. I'm sure he's like a rock star. And, you know, there's there's people that, you know, moved on to get what I would consider like movie fame um, and television. You have the Bruce Lee's, the... Um, oh, man, I just forgot his name. Chuck Norris. Mm -hmm. uh, uh, all of these people that kind of grew up in that time and got to go out and be famous. Uh, Jihan Jay is the modern considered one of the two Hapkido school lineages and one of the, uh, he's considered the modern founder of Hapkido or ha the founder of modern Hapkido. And so he uh, is a contemporary of Dr. Kim, but also to put Hapkido into Hanmudo and, um, I would also think he considers him maybe somewhat his teacher into that sense of, uh, of Hapkido. Then Jihan Jay was kind of a crossover. He was a martial artist and really big on teaching and, and this martial arts uh, growth. But then he also uh, was a showing or showing up in movies. He showed up in, I think it's a um, Enter the dragon that he was in uh, with Bruce Lee. And so, there's just all these different elements going on and these different paths to go down. And so he decides that Dr. Kim decides that he doesn't want to be a politician. He wants to stay in the United States and keep studying and spreading martial arts. Um, I'm not sure when 
his changeover happened of really going to Hamido. I'm sure that at some point in time, if maybe this will come out in the book too, is that he probably had a, an early moment of like, you know, I know this is more, but I'm not sure what it is. I can go back to my, my teaching moments of being like, oh, I know I'm going to be a teacher. But at the time, I didn't know what I was going to be a teacher of. Mm-hmm. Right. <clears throat> um, and so, you know, he, he talks more as kind of, he's wrapping up this article about his, first his connection with Taekwondo. Um, and his connection in Taekwondo runs deep in these organizations, having been uh, a board member, an advisor to their organizations and helping them go through times of, of shifting leadership. Um, he also had a strong connection to General Choi. General Choi was, uh, is mostly regarded as the founder of Taekwondo. Uh, I believe there was five Kwans of, or five schools of Taekwondo, and General Choi maybe had the biggest one and created uh, the name. He's, he's uh, credited for naming Taekwondo. Um, and I'm not I'm going to put an asterisk right here that I'm not sure exactly. That's a little bit (laughs) rough history for me right now that I'm not read up on. Uh, But I know that it's something close to this. Uh, But General Choi went through a political tumultuous time. He did a lot of spreading, but he ended up uh, having uh, having a different political view than I believe the president at the time and ended up uh, kind of in this political battle and getting ostracized from Korea. And so there's, you know, this other element to it also. Uh, General Choi, masters, grandmasters that gave Dr. Kim permission to create Hanmudo as a modern Korean martial art. Um, then General Choi is also who wrote that calligraphy hanging in the school. Um, so that big calligraphy on rice paper, Dr. Kim gave that to me. And it, it says Hanmudo and it says it in Chinese uh characters because uh a lot of koreans at that time were learning uh chinese characters it also on the left side has his permission written out uh to dr kim and then the little red box on it is his korean uh kind of like trademark uh so creatists have different shaped red stamps it would be like their signature, but it's also a, uh, I believe, a government issued thing that this is my stamp. This is, I approve. Um, <clears throat> so a, a very cool piece of of history just in Harvard with Hamido. Uh, I think also just kind of finishing up talking about this Taekwondo, Hapkido, and Judo section is that we see um, him talk about why those styles of martial arts are important to him and how it's helped create who he is, but also helped him link everything together into Hamudo, Um, which again, just uh, really cool how he has looped all these things together and his, these philosophies of the three, um, you know, those three were his original three uh, studies and so he, his judo teacher also was the one that talked about learning three martial arts, meaning that you have one main one and then two sub studies that you're, what you're doing to progress yourself 
further, not just being locked into one idea all the time. Um, he was in Louisiana. He was working through uh, or working for Cooksul at the time, uh, and he was uh, at LSU. And so, or excuse me, he was uh, he was also the dean of the college of the. Andrew Jackson College. So this is uh, he was the in the study of Asian martial or excuse me, Asian history and cultural exchange and philosophy. So he's uh, moved forward significantly in his life. He's had all these experiences of being a student in the United States. Now he's a teacher in the United States, not only of martial arts but also in history of Asian philosophies. And he's communicating with these students on this different level. I would say this is, again, a huge part of not just being a martial arts instructor, not just teaching, punching, and kicking. He sees a deeper understanding of it, and so he needs to see that philosophy in Hamido and where he's going to present and teach. Um, I think he, he comes forth and he talks about the, the old kingdom of Korea and the three original traditional Korean ide- ideologies uh, being that cultivating yourself, helping other people and making a better world. Um, and I think that these are what are in deeply ingrained in us as Hamido students, right? This is the, this is the uh, opening of our class. This is our student creed. And so he's putting this goal setting, this open-mindedness and bettering yourself as a big part of who he is and who he's teaching and what he's teaching in Hamido. And again, so all these things that he has gotten to from the other martial arts, now he's wrapping up and putting forth in a package that he's going to present to everybody else. And so he's choosing and taking what he's learned in life and put it together. And then he's used these elements to make something that's more comprehensive and better than just learning a sports fitness is what I would say. (laughs) Man, uh, you know, it's, this is, it's hard to kind of uh, talk around it in that way in being that this is a huge advertisement for, uh, for Hamido and Dr. Kim and just this splash of history kind of throughout. Um, and the fitness is definitely a huge part of our classes at harvest. Um, and we learn those philosophy lessons kind of dipped in throughout, but this has been a fun thing, Sarah, to, to talk through kind of a, Again, I'll use the term monologue of my uh, of understanding what what Dr. Kim is to Hamido and what Hamido is to him and how they've come together to make this this thing. Right. Well, and his relationship to all of the other martial arts, you know, I think that that's, you know, I think that's also why I wanted to just let you because I think that your ability to connect him and really lay this understanding of how foundational he is to Taekwondo, like how foundational he is to Hapkido, like how foundational he is as 
Um, you know, I think we sometimes talk about like in history, you know, there are certain names that everyone kind of knows, but those are, you know, the, there are hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of people who mm -hmm. are as important as that individual who made that, you know, happen, right? Right. That without, it would not have been possible. And I think that he is, you know, one of these, you know, figures in this part of history, you know, for martial arts that is, you know, substantial. And, um, you know, when you think about, you add to that his, his um, personal growth and journey. I mean, not just like personal history, but also just, you know, how he has taken these challenges and obstacles and opportunities and become the person. It, it's not, it's, it makes sense how he's like the person that he is today. Right. You're exactly right. And uh, I think that, you know, it's easy to meet him and go, oh, wow, this person's great. And, you know, I, or meet anybody, right? Meet anybody and you, you, meet them and you go, wow, this person's in a really great place, or I enjoy uh, communicating with this person. It seems like we're on the same wavelength. And, uh, you know, I want to, to, to understand more about why they are the way they are. Um, and this is something that you don't necessarily get with everybody, right? Mm -hmm. um, it's uh, this, this learning about their history and seeing what they went through to achieve that um, is what makes them them. But it's also if you can take yourself and put yourself into those moments, understand, like, think back about what it we have no idea what it feels like to have your neighborhood being bombed by planes flying over. Right. You know, when a plane flies over my house uh, and we're on the podcast, I'm like, oh, shh, shh, you know, trying to be <laughs> quiet. Right. You know, or like, um, you know, you hear we see a, we have a little uh, guy that flies an ultralight around our house. And so he'll like take off and you hear it's very loud. It's like a lawnmower motor with a parachute above it. And like, it's, it's definitely probably pretty crazy to fly, but he's flying around. And so you hear him, it's this obnoxious noise as he's flying over your house, but I'm sure he's just having the time of his life. Um, but, you know, to think that those planes, those things flying over could be dangerous to me at any mm. point in time, like a bomb could drop out and my life could just be over, right? Or it could drop on my neighbor's house or whatever it could halfway destroy my house. So these, that's scary, right? And we don't, we don't know that fear. Um, you know, the, the fact that you're learning one thing and then somebody comes in and says, everything you've learned now at this point in time is done. We're trashing it. We're hiding that away. And now you're going to learn this way. Mm -hmm. Wild. And so that's just a, a concept that we don't have. But if you can take that and you can think about it and, and understand like, man, I, I don't know, but I want to take as much of that as I can because who knows what's going to happen in the future, right? Um, but also understanding, hey, this is what helped him to create this joy of life and go, hey, I need to celebrate every day with my friends and family because I might not have tomorrow. Right. Um, and so having that, but also then this driven to him and understanding that that really came from what we consider a not great country now in North Korea, but like the, that optimistic viewpoint that he has is something that is gleaned from there and says, Hey, this is a good, this is a good thing, right? It is good to be optimistic. It makes you feel good. It helps others to feel good. And, you know, 
it makes life worth living versus being negative about everything and trashing people all the time. Right. Right. So I think that again, it's, it's really cool just to see where those elements come from, why they're there, and then being able to, to use those, his history to create your own philosophy and, and follow suit. Nice job. Oh, thanks, ma'am. Thanks. I appreciate you. <laughs>